Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Access Potential Podcast. You're here with John Marsh. And today on the episode, I've got a really good friend of mine, also a mentor for a number of years, probably going on 10, 11 years now. His name is Cole Clayton, and Cole has been on the show a couple of times, so he's back again. And the first time that I met Cole was back in 2009, and I was just starting out as a personal trainer, and I was uh, going into a place, um, kind of doing a little internship at a place called Primal Movement in Brookvale in, uh, in Sydney, and uh, Cole was in and out of that area as well. So he was doing a little bit of work at Primal. And I met Cole not through so much the physical training, but through breathing, through trying to understand a little bit more about breathing and and what happens with our breathing and how it can impact other aspects of our body, our physiology, our biochemistry. And we talk a little bit about this today. Breathing is the main focus of the episode. So whether you're a business owner, you're into your training, you're into something else, uh, this breath component is really, really critical. Uh, we talk a lot on this podcast around um, capacity and around your ability to do the work, to um, to sort of cultivate the energy, to create the things that you want to put out there. And to me, this is all linked back to uh, energy generation at the cellular level and the macro level as well. And breathing is a big part of this, how we breathe, uh, as well as a few other things. So really cool episode. Cole's got a um, new little project he's working on. We talk a little bit about that. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Without further ado, let's jump in. This is John Marsh listening to the Access Potential podcast. And today I'm here with my good friend and mentor, Cole Clayton. When I first met you, I was training um, under Chris Jones. I was was kind of shadowing Chris at Primal Movement. And I remember I was, he kind of tipped me into all of the nutrition and the diet stuff. This would have been 2009. And he did the metabolic typing survey on me and kind of got a bunch of different questions out of food. And then obviously I kind of went down this rabbit hole of food. And I remember one day asking him about um, acidic foods and alkaline foods. And I was, I can't remember what I was talking about, maybe protein or something like this. And I was, you know, I'd come across an article and it was saying something or other was acidic or, or alkaline. And he replied and he said, oh, you need to talk to Cole because um, because there's an argument that the breathing is playing a bigger role than what you think about with food. And I was like, no way, like it's, you know, food, everyone's saying food, it's got to be food. And so that was the first exposure to me that you were already uh, fairly deep down the breathing um, journey or, or, you know, rabbit hole or you know, learning, maybe take us back to what was going on and and how your earlier, you know, that was 10 years ago, maybe take us back to where your first exposure to the breathing and to all of this stuff kind of happened, just to give us some context. Yeah, um, I guess probably around that time um, when, like what we talked about before, doing the Paul Checks um, certification program i did that right through to about level three 
in 2008. Um, and he's got his little totem pole hierarchy, which is a pretty cool model, actually. It's, it's pretty neat. And at the top of that, he's got respiration. So we knew, or well, I knew at that, at that point that, um, you know, breathing is according to that model, which is a good model. Um, your body does whatever it has to do to compensate for breathing. Uh, or faulty breathing. So if your breathing's not right, the body has to compensate for that. Um, so uh, I, I knew it was important, but there wasn't a heap in that program where we, where we really dive deep into breathing patterns. Um, is that hammering too loud? No, uh, it's, it is what it is really. It's, it's coming through, but it's okay. Yeah. So anyway, sorry about the hammering in the background. <laughs> um, we didn't really go deep into what it is and how it works and how to unpick it until probably a couple of years later when I met a, a dentist of all things uh, who's now passed away by the name of Tony Ansel. And Tony kind of hissed at me one day when I first met him. That story is a bit too long. I don't want to go into the whole story of it, but when I first met him, he turned around his clinic and kind of hissed at me. He goes, you know what this is all about? And I was like, try me. And he goes, airway. <laughs> I was like, airway. He goes, yeah, airway. And I, and I immediately, this was a couple of years, this was like 2010. And I immediately, my mind was flung back to that picture. Paul checks picture in his hierarchy with this airway at the top. And I was like, it is about airway, man but I didn't know what that really meant. Uh, and then he said, come to my practice. I want to show you what I do. And so I was like, yeah, right. Of course, at that point I was going to retire and become a maintenance man, cleaning gutters and mowing lawns, as you know. Um, and I went to his practice on a whim and he showed me this photograph of this girl. Uh, and she was, he said, like, you can see by the eyes that she's racked with pain. And I was like, yeah, she looks unhappy. She was overweight. She looked sick. She was really tired in the eyes. She was doing her best to smile for the picture, but she just didn't look well. And he goes, have a look at this woman here. I was like, wow, she looks incredible. Like she's wide open eyes. She looks healthy. She looks radiant. She's glowing. He said, yeah, it's the same woman. I was like, no way. I think I might've even let off an expletive at that point. Like there's no way that can be the same woman. He's like, no, it's totally the same woman. What's the difference? I was like, what? And he's like, airway, <laughs> you know? So that there goes the scratchings of the rabbit hole. And so we went on a course together, um, another dentist by the name of John Flutter, who's done a lot of work with a company called Maya Brace back in the early formation part of that. Um, but he'd done a lot of, he just sort of dedicated his career to kids and breathing, John did and um and orthodontics children's orthodontics so by nature of doing that well he had to get into airway and breathing so he put on this breathing course and i went there man and i sat there for the whole three days four days whatever it was and every single slide he put up i was like holy shit that's me oh that's me that was me that's me. that's me as a kid like everything just stacked up and all this kind of was revealed to me and i understood what in the hell was wrong with me as a kid the whole time I was going up and it was what we call sleep disorder breathing. 
So that's what led me down this deep, dark path for 10 years, basically, to uh, figure out what it was, what was going on, how to fix it, how to engage people in it. And then I've watched as, as breathing's become the new buzz thing, like it's become a big deal, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. And, um, you know, I remember when, when I, I guess the first sort of resurgence of it that I saw was um, probably it was, I don't think it was when the Wim Hof stuff started getting popular. I think it was, well, I remember reconnecting with you and kind of hearing a little bit more about it throughout those sort of eight to 10 years. Uh, and then uh, I think it might have been a little bit in some of the a little bit in some of the CrossFit endurance stuff in the States that was happening with Brian McKenzie, but very little, like nothing, nothing really solid. And then uh, later I, I came across the Buteco stuff, but I think that was because the Wim Hof got popular. And I remember going, wow, everyone's doing a lot of hyperventilation. And I remember just little bits from you, you know, little bits and, and then, the free diving stuff as well, kind of from little sporadic bits growing up. And so I think that's when uh, I started to think more about, you know, the work you were doing as well. And um, yeah, it, but certainly, you know, with the Wim Hof, it got like, it, it went, reached a bit of a tipping point and sort of crossed the chasm over to mainstream health and wellness. What's the situation like now? Like, tell us a little bit about your work and, and, um, or whatever comes to mind, even with the resurgence in popularity or the amount of people jumping into it, like, how does that, how is that for you? What do you see? What are your, what's your sort of narrative or thought around it? Yeah, I, I, I mean, after I've learned all this, my big drive was to work with kids um, and breathing. So, so people didn't have to uh, go through the same stuff that I'd gone through as a kid. Which is, well, you you said once that you tr that adults were like inflexible, <laughs> like we're kind well, of fixed a little bit. Was is that kind of a reason too? Like, was it is it hard to work with adults in terms of long term change? Yeah, harder to work with adults. Kids are easier. Yeah. It's harder to work with adults' personalities. I find I find kids yeah. a lot easier in that regard. <laughs> um, but I guess like so that's what drew, drew, drove me to. Um, the, the, the degree I'll, I'll finish it on Tuesday actually we're talking now on Friday <laughs> so I should all be done five years of study in osteopathy that's what really drove me to become a, a like fully a practitioner um, to be able to work with kids and that's still a big passion but what I've kind of come to recently is kind of going back into the adult space because there's actually so much cool stuff out there, you know, like you've got Wim Hof, you've got, yeah, you got your Taiko, you've got, um, uh, what was the thing you mentioned before, Brian McKenzie's stuff, you know, Shift Adapt, that, they're pretty awesome. You got, uh, there's one of my other teachers, Rose Alba, there's Osteopathy itself, which is incorporate breathing. Um, there's like, hyper hype there's andrew huberman i don't know if you've listened to him he's yeah. he's awesome yeah. he talks he's got some great stuff around breathing and there's this whole um gamut huberman of, lab hey is that huberman lab yeah 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 
Yeah, there's this whole gamut of like amazing exploration going on. There's, you know, there's um apnea, there's like free diving stuff. Yeah. And it's actually like I've had somewhat of a since I've kind of got the weight off my shoulders of having five years worth of study to do, um, I've kind of taken to exploring it myself and 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 going into those altered states of consciousness. There's Joe Dispenza as well. That's really how I kind of started in on it because he uses the breath to to provoke the sort of like hallucination type states without having to do like the full <sighs> holotrophic sort of breathing. So, mm. and then, and then I picked up, I guess like I picked up that James Nestor book called breathe, which he's also written on the back of 10 years of practice and research and going down his rabbit hole of airway, because he was very much driven on airway dysfunction uh, in his own self. And that book um, is absolutely brilliant. So like, if you want a, a really nice, easy to read, beautifully written, actually, um, account and thorough, very thorough account of what's going on with breathing in the 21st century, I can fully recommend that book, like just spend the 30 bucks, it's really worth it. And so, you know, I guess I'd had this very narrow lens of like kids, kids, kids and want to change the world and don't want kids to suffer. And I still don't definitely. But then I was reading that book. I was like, wow, there's all this other stuff that I haven't had the chance to focus on um, or have shunned by my own sort of narrow mindedness or arrogance um, because I'm kind of focused on that one thing, which is cool. But but now I'm sort of seeing that and going, this is so amazing, you know, and, and, and I can package um, a really nice tight breathing program, which I call baseline breathing um, so that people can uh, go and explore that stuff. Cause that's what I find. Yeah. Go yeah. On. I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about baseline breathing a little bit. I've also, uh, seen the term natural breathing, relaxed breathing, this concept of, I guess, our default, how we're breathing at a default state, because inevitably, like a lot of things that we do in the West, we hit, we hit something hard quickly. And um, kind of like exercise, it's, you know, it ends up being of service sometimes. And then, you know, with training anyway, sometimes can push people over a limit and kind of into areas that may not be ready for yet, or it might be not necessarily the outcome that they want. Can you talk a little bit about baseline breathing or natural breathing, however it comes to you, this culture a little bit, like what's a, what's a quick snapshot if someone's listening and they've, you know, heard a bit about breath work, what's a quick snapshot or overview of all the things that are kind of happening and how this is relevant to what you're talking about here with your program. Yeah. So, um, the techniques and expertise and range of stuff out there is as vast as breathing itself. Someone sent me one yesterday by dynamic trauma release breathing. I was like, cool. <laughs> like that sounds pretty rad. So there's this whole gamut of stuff like we were just talking about, but but what's important is that you have to start with a physiological base. Okay. Physiologically and anatomically and neurophysiologically, as close to ideal for you as we can get. Okay. So it's akin to surfing. Like I went out with my 
10-year-old son this morning before school. We went surfing together and took him out just in the whitewash. Um, there's some fundamental stuff that he has to learn, like not to go try and go over waves by arching up because they're going to knock you backwards and knock you off your board. You've got to get down, you know what I mean? And then you've got to paddle as fast as the waves coming towards you. Then you've got to get your pop up, you know, and then you've got to start to learn to trim. And he, he's a pretty good athlete, so he's, he started to pick all that up once he got over the initial kind of shock of waves and water and stuff. He's a good skateboarder, so it's all in him. Um, but the point is, I'm not going to take him right out the back and start pushing him onto, you know, unbroken waves, even though it was only like one foot. He's going to freak out. He's going to nose dive. He's going to get a fin chop. He's going to be stuffed, right? And so that's what it's like with this breathing thing. So you can go and do um, your, you know, you could be a, a sort of someone who's suffering anxiety, for example, and you go, right, I really want to go and do this breath work and this holotrophic breathing. And I just want to see what's causing my anxiety and try and get over it. And you go in there, you're going to breathe. The, the way that you're going to breathe during that session is going to increase your anxiety. Okay. So as you go and do that, hyperventilation work it's going to drive you more and more towards your anxiety to the sometimes to the point that people can't handle it right so they're just like <sighs> and they start having a panic panic attack and there's a neurophysiological reason for that so what the baseline is is about going okay what is the what are the basics so the basics are nose versus mouth breathing diaphragm and rib breathing versus upper chest breathing okay um then how does that affect the buzzwords, which is the oxygen, the carbon dioxide, uh, the pH, even what you were talking about before, um, about, you know, you're talking about metabolic acidosis and alkalosis, and they are actually intrinsically linked to the breathing. So as breathing becomes more um, towards what we call acidosis, your metabolic system will turn more towards alkalosis. So they're linked in inverse like that. Uh, and then you've got this whole, there's loads of talk about the vagus nerve and parasympathetic sympathetic, which is one of my sort of bugbears <laughs> listening to how that's always rolled out. <laughs> Um, um, and, and then what that does to your state in both the short term and the long term, that's, what's really important to understand. So I can hack myself today, right now in this moment by doing this. Okay. You'll notice what happened to my voice then. That was just one breath, but I instantly changed state. Yeah. But that was like a pattern interrupt for me. Um, that's one of the things that, uh, the Huberman labs talks about just an instant calm. Yeah. Or I can charge myself right up and I can get back on that speedy horse. Right. But at the same time, I've got to think about what am I doing long-term? Like what's my long, long, long game here as well. Yeah. How am I breathing when I'm at rest, when I'm not thinking about it, when I'm asleep. Yeah. So there's a short term hacks and there's also the long term and um, the way that the, your environment and your perception feeds into that as well as your breathing training. So if you just focus on the diaphragm, you'll miss some of that other, those other really important parts. If you just focus purely on, um, oh, this is going to like if you take over example, you could talk to one of those guys, nothing at all against them, but you'll have the CO2 conversation for hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? right. Love them. But you're going to be the whole world CO2. I'm, 
I'm generalizing it. Some of my fr great friends are Buteyko practitioners, but, um, but they're very focused on biochemistry. Okay. As a, as a thing. And then you can go to talk to the polyvagal people and talk about vagal tone forever mm -hmm. as well. So, um, what you've got to do is understand what all that roughly means and then find your own personal baseline because just like you and I have a nose, which is exactly the same two holes, cartilage and bone, you and I have noses, which are completely different as well. So what the way your nose works is exactly the same as mine, but completely different. Yeah. And same as anything, your taste, whatever. Um, so the, the baseline is a about having that basic foundation that the, the two holes, the cartilage, the bone as a metaphor working as to your individuality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the long game. And then when you've got that down, boom, like the world's your oyster, go and explore it and you won't, you, it'll be way more sustainable. That's what it's about. John's like sustainability, you know, mm -hmm. like, we don't want the breathing trend to go away. We want the breathing trend to increase. We want the breathing trend to be here for, you know, decades. We want it to keep expanding and keep researching and keep growing in the knowledge. Yeah. Um, and bring it to the young people and bring it to, to adults and older people as well. All right. Because the more, the better we breathe, the more it's an inside out game, which is the key. And then, um, you know, everyone can, explore what's right for them at that time like if you want performance then and you want like that adrenaline hit then you might go to the wim hof style you know but then you might combine that with some more meditative stuff when you are going or if you really want you can you start practice those things that will alter your state and you get a different perception it's it's all beautiful so the state altering stuff do you know much about the history of like when that when that came in originally not really, man. Yeah. Um, like not with accuracy. Yeah. I don't know much, but I remember reading some, uh, 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 I think it was an article by a guy who was, this was years ago and he was doing a trip to Australia and doing these workshops. And he's a, he was like a breathing guy from the UK and he did, he, he specialized in holotropic breathing. Yeah. So from what my limited I, I my limited exposure to that kind of area was um you know you can you can lie down you can do these breath cycles of certain types and then experience different sorts of states and you know visions and this kind of stuff colors um obviously change some sort of neurochemistry or whatever's going on in the brain um which all makes sense I, from what he wrote, it was like the psychedelic thing got shut down. Like all of that research got shut down. I think it was in the sixties or seventies in the States. And so they would look, they, they kind of came to this breathing thing and found, you know, in terms of his words, something that they could um, use because they were looking at the psychedelics from a perspective of healing or a perspective of, of like, therapy and so i guess his assertion was um and this is i'm aware this is like third hand information by this point but it was something to do with okay well we can go this way we can we can use our breathing we can use this sort of techniques to kind of dive into this area um i guess to round that into a question um what do you think because it, it came, 
it comes onto the scene and we tend to like to get an experience out of whatever it is that we do. Like an ex- a strong experience often sells. A heightened emotion tends to sell. Um, Jonah Berger talks about this in his book, Contagion. It's like, you know, when you can over-index on certain emotions or experiences, we'll tell other people about it and you get that like ripple effect and more and more people want to partake in it. Um, how do we how do we come to this middle a little bit? How do we come into the baseline work? Um, what's the way of thinking or perspective that can bring us into it? What does that look like? You know, rather than just going for, you know, the more experiential kind of stuff. Like, how would you bring someone in or enroll someone to come into the middle ground as well and to understand this at a deeper um, at a deeper sort of level? Yeah, I think it all depends on their goal, man, like and what they want to achieve out of doing breath work. Um, I kind of shied away from that breath work uh, catchphrase for a bit, but actually it does encompass it pretty well. So um, what what do you want to get out of this exploration? So if it is, well, I'd like to explore the inner world, then then that, that's awesome. Like you, you can do that. Um, but again, provided that everything's working properly for you to start with, um, just on the origin side of things, uh, this is totally <laughs> anecdotal as well. But uh, a few years ago, I was, I was hanging with a mate and uh, this lady came to work with him. And uh, she said, oh, because, you know, the plant medicine's pretty popular these days. And uh, um, they are actually using like the mushrooms and stuff, the psychedelic um, active ingredients to, to uh, treat uh, neurosis and psychological disorders. One of my friends is a, a, a doctor, medical doctor is involved with that stuff. Um, it's not been my, my medicine. It's not my sort of trip. I'm, I'm not into that stuff personally, but it doesn't mean I like, it's not right. or it's that it's wrong. It's just not something I'm drawn to. But, um, uh, she said to me, Oh, because she's into plant medicine, she says, oh, apparently the shamans, once they're done with the, the ayahuasca, they, they, uh, they go back to breathing. They just work with the breathing only. And then she goes, so I thought, I thought of you, you're already onto it. <laughs> I was like, all oh, right. I don't know if I'm that, at that sort of uh, level of exploration, but, um, <laughs> but, but it was really interesting that once they learn what they can learn from the medicine, they come back to learn what they can learn from the breathing. And mm. I, I would say like that, like I always say, I, I don't know, like I'm not a breathing teacher or a breathing expert. I'm a, I'm a breathing student, you know, like I, I really strongly feel that, that the breath gives us an opportunity to learn, you know, um, in osteopathy, we have sort of even deeper levels of, of um, teaching on that, but, but exploring the breath gives you a, infinite ability to to be able to reflect and be still and um and and put yourself into situations as well that challenge you so you you can ramp up you can ramp down you know with where with where you want to be challenged and that's the beauty but the 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 just having your basic foundation right gives you the gives you the neutral that you can engage your gears from 
whichever way you want to go. If you want to speed up and go into those higher gears and rev the system right up, you can. And then you're going to come back down to midline, back down to the neutral. And then you can you can you can slow it right down and just crawl along and and watch and observe, you know. So so for me that metaphor is 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 to get that get the get your midline right. Yeah. So it's um, a bit like a, that's a midline is an osteopathic um, concept whereby everything is moving away from the midline and then moves back towards the midline. So you get a coiling, an uncoiling and a coiling, a, an uncoiling and a coiling. Yeah. And so that's like, that's almost like the yin and yang, the tide coming in, the tide coming out. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the flow of life life flows like that what the breathing does is it gives you a foundation to experience that flow and not to be thrown off course by that flow because you can always come back home and the the more you um work with your inner harmony and your in with the breathing the, the 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 less and less the swing becomes even when it is radical and you get really emotional and upset and all that sort of stuff like i did last week <laughs> you, you you can come back to the breath and come back home and be still and go okay yep i i, I witnessed my behavior there i witnessed my response there uh, i need to talk to someone in this case it was you <laughs> um and 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 you you were you were steady in your breath and gave me really sound advice and that brought me back to my center as well you know but all that comes from this um uh, unconscious and conscious manipulation of what brings us life force so um a very old not very old but an old yogi text i picked up once for five bucks i had to scrape change out the back of the car to buy it because she didn't wouldn't take card only cash and he 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 went right into it the the art the western um construct around breathing and the yogic construct around breathing and what he said was you guys you will only believe whatever you can measure and here's all the shit you can measure he said but i'm telling you prana life force comes in with the breathing but you'll never see it because you can't measure it you can't see it you can't even know it's there but it does so so um that's what having a baseline will do it will bring you back to that life force every time yeah. And so many of us just breathing with unconscious, totally unconscious. And that's how I was until I went on that course and I was like, holy crap, like, look at all this stuff, um, you know, that I've completely missed, even though I'd been like down the rabbit hole, Paul check in personal training and corporate health and all this stuff. It's like, wow, like this is, this is stuff you hear on the fringes, but never really gone into. And, mm. and, and then, that that was just the skimming the surface that course like when when one goes down into the depths of what and the complexity that's it's it's simple and it's complex you know yeah so you mentioned unconscious breathing uh breathing something we can do either or right so we it can operate consciously or or sub unconsciously automatically yeah if the baseline is good, it, this is just kind of a lateral thing I'm kind of picking up. Is it is it true then if we do the baseline work, we most of the time are okay to be breathing unconsciously because your, your default or your natural breathing pattern at, a, at an unconscious level, I guess assuming you're not like getting hyped up in front of instagram screen or something like that 
is going to be okay. And you can just kind of, you can kind of just, just, I don't want to say ignore it, but basically ignore it because the baselines, the baselines are right. Is that sort of what you're getting at? Like you're sort of checking in on that sort of default state. Yeah, precisely, man. So it's, it's this idea of maximizing, optimizing homeostasis, right? Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, allostasis is is when you're thrown off and how quickly you rebound back. Yeah. You know? So they talk about like your allostatic load. So if you're super, super stressed, you can't get back to sort of your 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 homeostatic mechanism like responses. So back to balance. Yeah. Um, so it is really clear. Um when we when we did a breathing workshop once and and we 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 were measuring breathing you know and we got someone to do a minute of hyperventilation who was extremely physically fit and he couldn't get himself back into the baseline he couldn't get back to where he even started from even 10 15 minutes after that whereas someone who was like a quarter of his size and didn't didn't have the the framework to say wow you know that person's really fit um she bounced back within a minute yeah <laughs> yeah so what the baseline does is it gives you the the that allostatic ability the ability to deal with the extra stressors which can be purposeful or 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 life um circumstance yeah yeah, yeah. so so it gives you that platform to to stress the system either way whether it's speeding up or slowing down yeah. um or be able to cope with the stuff that's coming in at you from life um but but be able to quickly return to a homeostatic normal that is as physiologic as it can be yeah that's the goal of it yeah i love this uh concept of it's kind of like it's kind of like resilience a little bit, but also flexibility to go up or down. And I think about you know the first thing obviously that comes to mind is because we started in the physical training and these kinds of things, but actually um, in business, like in in your work to to do a presentation, to project into a camera, to whatever you're trying to do. Um, sit with a client or to work with somebody where you need to be able to move uh, energetically around. You need to be able to bring it up sometimes because it's digital and it's not is is cleared the transmission, or you might need to sit with somebody and be able to be very, very, uh, I guess that sort of midline or very present. And um I see it as a huge thing in business, the capacity to be able to move back and forth, have things like you said, externally not stress you out too much. Maybe it's your marketing or a sales call. And then also consciously be able to rev up presenting, delivering, whatever it is, and then dial it back down as well. It's pretty cool to see it in both, both areas. I, I used to just think about it kind of in training, I guess. Yeah, fully. I mean, and and then there's other areas like what about relationship? Mm. <laughs> like what about when your missus or your or your fella gets your goat, you know, and you and you just you just like wanna like just explode and <laughs> oh, I, I sometimes get like oh, you don't probably, but <laughs> you're pretty mild, but <laughs> um but as you know, like physical training 
good physical training is not easy right like good good physical training takes time and persistence and sweat and 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 effort and self-discipline right um good relationships absolutely take all those things and so does business like good work like working well doing a podcast well not just sort of sitting and going yeah well john like i started out and i was a bit you know not very good like to do all these things take take effort discipline courage um integrity uh communication skills you know all that sort of stuff and it takes energy right and so um the breathing again can become like i was talking about before that cons that midline concept so you've got the skills yeah well now i have to go do the podcast i'm feeling a little bit flat i'm going to rev myself up boom you can do that uh i've got to actually calm down for this because i'm working with this person and i i actually feel like they're triggering me yeah or i'm in a situation where someone of authority is 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 putting me in a box and it's making me really annoyed. Um, but before I try like start yelling at them or get myself into more trouble, I've got to regulate my system down so I can have a logical conversation, right? And and we hear time and time again, oh, go back to your breathing, go back to your breath, use the breath. Yeah, but but how and what's the best way to ramp up and what's the best way to ramp down and what's the best way to become present and what's the best, you know, and and, and what's the best way to recharge yourself as well, you know, after those encounters so that you can go into the next one, you can go into the next um, interview, the next, the next client, the next training session, the next sales call um, with the, with the right energy. It's for you. That's not over the top, you know, but it's also that um, isn't, isn't overly flat. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, all right. I think that's, I don't have too many other questions. I think it sounds pretty cool to me. It all makes, it all makes sense. I think carving out the, the attention and the practice for it or the education for it and the learning rather is, um, kind of, it's kind of the big piece here, isn't it? With the same with everything else. Yeah, it is. And just, just understanding, um, understanding how you need to apply that to yourself and just yeah. un, just doing some really simple you know back of the envelope type assessments to get an idea of where you're at and that way you can um you can go okay i need to do more of this practice for now and then once you've got that you you got yourself more back to midline then you go oh great i can start to push out into this or i can slow back down into this uh, or I can start start tripping my brain out <laughs> and see all this stuff. <laughs> Is there anything that like you notice that people you've worked with before or when they start to, to dive a little bit more into this style of work versus, you know, other breath work that they may have done, uh, this baseline work? Is there anything that you see pop up in terms of I don't want to say results, but like things that they find or things that they seem to notice that are kind of patterns because of the way we live or because of, you know, the, the kind of stuff we do. Is there anything that comes up um, regularly with the people that you serve and work with? Yeah, definitely. Like there's a couple of things. One is more energy um, because that comes from better sleep. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, less pain. So neck pain, jaw pain, um, facial pain and mid thoracic pain. Um, that occurs a lot. Um, and also uh, better clarity, like not as much of this kind of fogginess and, and the fogginess creates anxiety because the world doesn't make as much sense when, you, when you're full of brain fog. Yeah. So um, they'd be the biggest things. So uh, more energy, less anxiety and fog, um, greater clarity and less pain. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Hey, <laughs> well, as someone who spent about 33 years in a, in a bloody brain fog, I can tell you it, it does, it does make a difference when you can actually start to have some clarity and some control, man. That's what it gives back, right? Like it gives you back your own control over your situation and, 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 um, not so much of a slave to, you know, your body's autonomic responses. And that yeah. alone builds the discipline and the courage and the integrity. And, the, you know, a lot of people will, will, I remember this one dude, I'm thinking of him and he, he was doing this job he hated. He didn't like himself. He was nicknamed angry. And he started, then after doing the breathing retraining, he lost all this ton of weight. He started reading Byron Katie and it's like a completely different bloke. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, this isn't the guy that I saw eight or 12 weeks ago. Like yeah. that, that was crazy. And that was before I even really knew much. I was just teaching him like my idea of the basics then, but he just bought into it. He did the practice and, and like, he was a completely different dude. He'd mouth breathed for 50 years. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's huge. It is. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add or talk about? I just plug my own baseline breathing course. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So you put you put together eight week program. Uh well, it's actually it goes for as long as you really want it to go. But um, it's there's like twelve topics online, and each topic has like three to five videos in it, sort of five to ten minute videos. There's a lot of content, but it's sequenced and it's punchy. It's not overly heady. It's it's easy to understand, but it's it's potent. Um, and then with the program, you get four one-to-ones as well. So um, that's kind of worth the price of admission just in itself. But you get all this extra content. So the idea of it is, okay, get get your generic baseline. So the, you know what we're talking about with the nose, the metaphor, the nostrils, the, the cartilage, the bone. Let's get that right over these 12 topics. And now let's, let's customize that to what you're wanting to do with it. So some people are... A dentist, some people are, um, you know, breath workers, movement coaches, whatever it is, and they want this knowledge specifically for something to do with their work or for their own personal self. So yeah. um, that's that's what the program's designed to do: give you that baseline knowledge, and then have some um, four hours of customization for you as well. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like if you're really working with groups or people, especially in the physical those physical domains or any kind of practitioner sounds like something that is um, pretty key. Like, yeah, just do it for that reason. Like, so you know, with authority, what you're teaching, you know, don't just guess it on because I read Wim Hof or I read this book over here. I did this one, you know, session of whatever, or I talked to an osteopath or something and do it so that you, you know, the transmission that comes through in your teaching is, is, is really clear and really um, physiologic and correct. 
Yeah. So it's just, it's just my name, coleclayton.com.au. If you just hit that in, it'll come to the baseline breathing sales page. Will it help me improve my spear fishing? <laughs> You're already a machine, mate. I can't do anything yeah. to improve you. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is the other thing I was going to talk about. I didn't though. Um, for years, like probably since I kind of met you, I've had some form of like stop during the day at some point and have a bit of a, a sit or a lie down and, and do a bit of, I really just kind of watch my breath and it seems to just slow down a lot in that time. But I'm always amazed, you know, the other, I think it was last week, I was doing a lot of work, a lot of stuff kind of compressing in. And I just took myself out on the hardwood floor and just laid down, which I haven't done in a long time and stayed awake, but just kind of like watched my breathing for, I think it was 10 minutes, something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's always amazing how much it shifted and came back down to kind of like what you're talking a little bit about, you know, without even knowing too much of what I was doing. Um, whereas 15 minutes prior, I felt fine in my head. But when I looked at the difference of where, when I got up, then it's, it's only afterwards that, you know, you're, you really see where you were kind of buzzing or operating from, you know what I mean? Yeah, and but the reason you know that is because you've got an awareness of your own midline. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. from you for over the years, yeah, 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 because you've done it, you've done that practice as a yeah. as a, an observation, as the witness. It's like perfect, yeah, the most powerful thing you can do. Yeah, yeah, I can't help but feel sometimes that we're living a little bit too quickly generally a little bit a lot of this stuff would get a lot better if we could slow things down collectively so you know you know you know exactly like what's happened in the last week and a half for me has been yeah. letting go of all this stuff that was speeding me up yeah. and and all of a sudden i'm in like so much more of my own power than i've ever known yeah it's off the scale like and that feels a little bit I'm going to have to use the word vulnerable, which I hate that word, but it feels a little bit vulnerable saying that, but it's, it's the case, like get rid of the peripheral stuff, mm. slow it down for a second, take that time to watch your breathing and pause and breathe and go, what am I doing? <laughs> like what you just did. And, yeah. and, 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 and like there's all of a sudden a flash of insight and, and a flash of divine energy running through your body. I was like, wow, I've been shutting that out. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. That's, that's the other part we didn't talk about, the energetic part. But when you get your breathing right, your energy flow, and I'm just going to say that word, whether you like it or not, <laughs> your energetic flow, and your, and your, um, which, which gives you like polarity um, and, and, and literally a be better current. That's what the flow is, right? better positive and negative poles um it's phenomenal you know and then you can achieve more and when you achieve more you feel better and when you feel better you achieve more and you're more of yourself it's a it's a bit of a vicious cycle but hey i can handle it <laughs> yeah 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 no it's good. very very cool all right uh, anything else you want to add in i'll put your website also in the little notes on the yeah cool podcast yeah. episode awesome mate it's good jamming as always yeah, thank you. Have a great day and hopefully see you again 
in person sometime soon as well. well let's hope so. That's it for this episode of the Access Potential Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you've got any questions on this episode or any other ones, send them along, john at johntmarsh.com. And you can check out Cole's work, put his uh, website in the little show notes. And you can also find him on Instagram as well. And I'll put his little handle in there uh, at the same time. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.